Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast. How are you all doing there? I hope you're all enjoying your summer break. My name is Andy, and this is a show that keeps you updated with the latest film and TV news. I've got here with me, Jake. Hello, Andy, and hello, everyone listening today. It's a nice hot summer day. Not as hot as last time, though. Yep. Uh, and I just want to point out, this is our 25th episode of Film 7 Podcast. It's not been easy, but also all good, man. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, and we've also just recently passed 1,000 listeners. So thank you, everybody who's listened to our podcast. Just a couple of nerds talking about film, really. But yeah, we've got a lot to cover today, don't we, Andy? Yes, there's, we do. There's so, a bunch of news and a fair amount of trailers as well. But let's get into it, into the first segment, which is the movie and TV news. Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Cool. So the movie and TV news, we've got a fair bit to go through. Mm. Uh, the first bit of news comes from Quentin Tarantino. So he's been in the news lately. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's got a new film coming out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. It's already come out in America to glowing reviews, of course. Mm. Uh, we have to wait a bit longer over here in the And UK, some though. controversy as well. There is a bit of controversy as well. I would say the majority of people seem to like it. But there is a percentage of people who are like, it's good, but it's lower on my Tarantino list. But we'll guess, we'll find out next month. We shall see, exactly, yeah. yeah. So he's been in the news and he has actually been saying, he's been talking to Uma Thurman about possibly doing a Kill Bill Volume 3. Andy, when you heard these, this news, what do you think? I was pretty excited. Um, Kill Bill is one of my favorite Tarantino movies. One of my favorite movies. If I was to write 100 top films, Kill Bill will probably be, one and two will probably be there. So I was pretty excited about this Tarantino favorite director, Omar Thurman. We know who she is. And I'm hoping this happens. But the thing about film is when they're in talks, they can be in talks for 10 years, you know? So we're happy, but, you know, we're... I think that's what it is, sort of is at the minute. I think it is just talk. I don't think there's any development on it. I'm pretty sure as well, because I think he mentions in his uh, quotes that um, I think he, in his interview he was saying that he, um, he's been thinking about this since he made Kill Bill, mm. about doing a third installment. So I think it's always been in, in the back of his brain and just constantly, obviously, having a bit of talks with him with Thurman. Do you think it will actually happen? I don't think it will. Um, it, I don't think it will, because the story concluded. He killed Bill, he took his daughter, she, oh, sorry, she took her daughter and they drove away to the sunset. The conclusion. What more can you add? Unless you're going to play on um, at old age. Omatoma is now old and she's training her daughter. But that will be sort of doing it for the sake of doing it and not because you wanted to complete the story. I think the story has been told. I don't know what more to this particular storyline that they can add. Yeah, I agree with you pretty much. Yeah. Cool. So the next bit of news comes from the Saw reboot. Remember we talked about that uh, a couple of episodes ago with Chris Rock? So I found out a bit more information. Uh, first of all, it's been pushed up. So originally it was meant to come out in October 2020. It's now been pushed up to May 2020, uh, which is most, that's actually quite uncommon in the Hollywood industry. Most of the time fish, films get pushed back. Yep. Uh, and if you hear about films getting pushed back, most of the time you think, oh, something's happened, whether it's in production or whatever, uh, that's caused the reason to push them back. But no, this one, they've moved it up seven months early. For me, I think that is a sign of confidence. 
Uh, and I also think uh, it, they've broken the Saw tradition of having a movie coming out in October. Every Saw movie or spin-off has come out in October. Now they're moving it to May. It's almost like a statement of this should be a summer blockbuster type of film. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I agree with you. Normally, films are pushed back rather than pushed forward. I think this is more a strategic move rather than anything else, rather than a strategic. They've probably gauged the market and seen that at the originally released date, they would not make as much money, probably because something else, they've had some inside information that something else is going to be coming out at that point in time. So they've looked at it and they're like, what month can we push it in such that it's not competing with anything? And I think they identified May to be the month. But it's always a good thing when you hear they've moved the date. It's better you hear they pushed it forward than pushing it back. So... So it's good news, as good as you can hear in terms of changing the schedule. Mm. No, I agree with you. I think it is a bit of a strategic move because obviously it being a horror movie, a lot of horror movies come out in October, don't they? It's Halloween season. Uh, so in a sense, you're probably going to be competing with other horror movies around that time because it is the most popular time to watch a horror movie. Why not put it to May? Because in May, you will get a summer blockbuster like, um, well, so May next year, we'll be getting Black Widow. Mm. Okay. The summertime at, in current Hollywood industry is dominated by the superheroes. Yeah. This is a perfect contrast, I think. I think they've gone, okay, how can we maximize profits here by not competing with a horror film, but com by competing with something, even though it's much bigger than them, You'll get the people going there. Well, I'm not interested in seeing a superhero movie, a good like horror movie to contrast that. So I think it's a smart move, personally. Yeah, I agree. So it's not competing, it's complementing those ones. So it's good. I agree with you on that. But I think we need to do some more research to see what the actual reason is. But I think our educated guesses are, yeah. should probably be spot on. Uh, I also found out that the film is actually going to be uh, directed by Darren Lynn Boosman, who directed the second Saw movie. So they've got a legacy Saw director there uh, from one of the movies that I actually liked. So that's promising for me. Uh, and I also heard that um, James Wan is executive producing the movie as well. Mm. You know, I can't remember which one is which. I only remember the first one. Then I remember seeing a lot of other Saw movies. I don't know which one is which. The and first all one that. sticks out. Of course. You know, first of its kind. So it was always like, yeah. But what gets me is the fact that it's Chris Rock's. What, what is Chris Rock going to do? But you can never tell. Jordan Peele has yeah. told us that. I did find out some more information about his character. He's going to be playing a detective character. So he's going to be investigating all these gruesome murders that's happening, which will probably eventually lead to Jigsaw or something else. Mm. Okay. Which is cool. Well, let's see how it goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting because he's known for comedy. So it'll be interesting to take him doing a different type of role. I'm, I'm looking forward I to mean, searching. I mean, if Jim Carrey could do it. Have you seen Jim Carrey's more serious films? Yes. Yeah, if, you could, if Jim Carrey of He's all people... He's been going weird as well. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. He could, if he could make that transition, then come on. You know, yeah, Chris Rock can, yeah. Okay, so the next bit of news is... I'm actually quite excited about this, and that is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are teaming up again to co-write and star in the next Ridley Scott movie called The Last Duel. Okay, uh, so this film is actually based on a novel by Eric Jaeger, and it's basically a revenge story that follows two best friends, and when one goes to war, the other rapes his wife. And then the soldier learns of this, he comes back, nobody believes him, but then he goes to the King of France and challenges his former friend to a duel to the death. Mm. I like the premise of this. 
Yeah. Obviously, Ridley Scott is a fantastic director. Yeah. And Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I mean, they have won an Academy Award for screenplay yes. with Goodwill Hunting. So this ticks all the boxes for me. Apart from the casting, this is a French story. Would be nice to see French actors. But yes. Hey. Yes. That w- I would think that would be the only qualm I have. But I can see why. They almost probably wrote the parts for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it's a story. It's a story. You can tell it however you want to tell it, you know. And I agree with you, Ridley Scott, Matt Damon, and this guy there, what more? You know, it's it's going to be good. Happy. Not happy, yeah. Uh, nothing really yet about when that movie's going to come out, but I think I'm going to see this one in the cinema. I, yeah. Obviously, I, th- I think I'll need to wait for, obviously, a trailer to come out to see the scale of the movie, but it's very promising. I mean, well, where else would you see a Ridley Scott movie? Like, where else? <laughs> you can't do it on DVD, can no, you? No, you can't. Yeah. Okay, so... Jay Z, mm. you know him, of course. You know, I independent, do. I know. I- independent hip hop artist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I know Jigger, man. I know Jigger. So, Jay Z, he is going to be producing a movie for Netflix. It's going to be called The Harder They Fall, and it's going to be starring Jonathan Majors from The Last Black Man in San Francisco and a di- directorial debut from Jameis Samuel. Uh, so Samuel wrote the script, uh, which basically it follows an outlaw named Nat Love, who discovers that the man who killed his parents two decades ago is being released from prison, prompting him to seek revenge with the help of his former gang. I like the premise of this as well. I mean, I the, the thing that shocked me, well, not so much shocked, but is intriguing, is Jay-Z. Well... I've always been expect. I've been. This has been a long time. I've always been waiting. When will Jay Z get into the film industry? I actually expected him to come out with with his own streaming service. I didn't think he would start by producing a film for Netflix. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize he was going to produce a film for Netflix. But I always knew, based on the kind of person Jay Z is and the way he invests, I've always n- known he would get into the movie industry. I just didn't know. I just thought it was going to be. Because he has a streaming um, music, music title, music, title. yes. A music Didn't platform. do well, though. It's still doing well. It's not ended. It's hard. It's not under the water. It's got no. a decent... But the thing is, the only problem is competing with Spotify and Apple Music, so... Yeah, I think Tidal was more a statement rather than, you know, an app. He didn't, I don't think he came out because he expected to be to take Spotify or Apple Music out. No, it was more a statement. I th- yeah, I think it's more being part of the Jay-Z brand sort of thing. No, but he wanted to... He if so Because I really followed the title thing and he wanted to, according to him, he wanted to give um, artists more, more pay for their work. You know, he wanted to... It's more beneficial for the artists than for the, mu- mu- um, the listeners. So I always thought. So I've always he's always been into that kind of thing. I've always just I've always known it. Jay Z, yeah, Jay Z is gonna get into the film business. I've always said that. I've always known that. And when Tidal came out, I was like, he's gonna have his own streaming service very soon. And then I saw this, and I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting this, but maybe he's just testing the waters about this movie thing. And in the next five to six years, we might see um, a streaming service from Jay Z. It's very possible. Completely agree. I think that that's his, that is what it is. I think, I think he's smart not to go straight to the deep end and release this new, if he does a, like a streaming service and something and produce and direct all these stuff. 
I think it's smart if he, at first, works with a fantastic company like Netflix, which explores creative freedom and control. He can sort of do his own thing, but also under the banner of Netflix, so at times they can give him advice if he needs any help or anything. It also depends on who's going to be working with him in terms of the writers and other producers. So I, I look forward to see who he's going to be working with. Yeah, everybody wants to work with Jay-Z. You know, everybody, he, he's not, he's a very good businessman. And if you watch documentaries and the people that have worked with him, everybody commends him on how astute of a businessman he is. So I think, um, yeah, I would be more, you know, I'm actually, I would, I would have been so much happier if it was actually a streaming service. I'd love to see what Jay-Z would do if it comes into the streaming service business. It will be huge because I know the kind of things. He won't come out and be like Netflix or, or Apple Play. I know the kind of market he'll be reaching out to and I know the kind of content you'll see in there. So it will really be good. So I hope this succeeds. No dates announced? No, nothing yet. What do you think of the premise? Of oh, it's it? a lovely story. Lovely gang story. This is the kind of stuff that happens. You know, you... This is the kind of stuff that happens. So this is lovely. And people can relate to it because, obviously, for us, we know how much crime is a problem right now in this country. So a crime film is kind of people can relate to it. It's quite relevant at the minute, isn't it? It's very, very relevant, yes. Cool. So the next bit of news is the Batman has a cinematographer and goes by the name of Craig Fraser. We were talking about this earlier. You don't hear about these people. But the work he's done... This guy has shot Rogue One, Zero Dark Thirty, Vice, and he's also currently, well, he shot, because that's all done now, but The Mandalorian as well. He did a bunch of stuff for that, uh, as well as other bits of work, of course. I'm really happy about this. Uh, from all the work he's done, I like the cinematography of all the films. Rogue One as well. I love the gritty uh, aesthetic they brought to the Star Wars universe with that, that it sort of hankers back to the original trilogy. And I want to see that for, like, a Gotham City. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think it makes sense that he's gone for this gritty, dark-looking cinematography. And all the films, really, Zero Dark Thirty as well, it's got that gritty feel to it. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, to see what the cinematography's like. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Every one of his films has that dark that dark even, even the Mandalorian, yeah. what yeah, we've seen, dark, small, yeah, yeah, it's a bounty hunter, isn't it? It's gritty, yeah, gritty, you know, and all of that. Zero Dark Thirty, Rogue One, yeah. I think, you know, I, me personally, I think your cinematographer is almost the second most important, second most important person on set at the time. Like that guy or girl has got to be working with the director to achieve the, the vision that they're trying to go for. Yep, you know, arguably more than any, maybe a producer, but a cinematographer is right there. Yeah, so everything, yeah, cinematographer and director, the peas on a pod, they have to work If that closely. relationship doesn't work, the movie fails, I yes. think. Yes, yes, it yeah. does have to work. So you get a great cinematographer like Craig Fraser and a great filmmaker like Matt Reeves. I'm yeah. all on board. I mean, that's why people like Quentin Tarantino will work with the same cinematographer all these decades because it's such a crucial relationship. For Nolan as well, he works with the same guy. Exactly. It's a crucial relationship for the success of any movie, you know, so yeah. It's very, very important. Okay. Uh, So from DC, we head over to Marvel, and that is Spider-Man Far From Home has finally hit the $1 billion mark. And it is the first Spider-Man film to hit the $1 billion mark. All I can say is congratulations to Marvel Studios and Sony. 
You've made an outstanding film and you deserve all the money. Well deserved. Honestly, well deserved. You know, because the whole, everybody's like, the only people that can make good movies are Disney. Uh, good superhero movies are Disney. Then Sony comes out and does this and they make a billion dollars. I'm very happy. So it's not just Disney that can make good superhero movies. Exactly. Loads of people would, I think most people actually that are not into the industry as we are, think, you know, Far From Home and Homecoming is a Marvel movie. It's not. It's a Sony movie. They've worked with Marvel, so obviously Kevin Feige's involved and they got some writers and stuff from there. But it's a Sony movie. It's a Sony movie. It's not a Disney movie. It's not. A, it's a Sony movie. And I'm very, very happy. So it's not just them. So DC, if you're listening, if you get your act together, people will give you their money. Just get your act together. Enough, no politics. Just give us a good film, and just that's it. Yeah, that's all it takes, and then you can earn as much money as this. Yeah, one billion. One billion. One billion. That's the GDP of some countries. One billion. And the th the, what's amazing though is that obviously, even though it's a Sony film, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's got Kevin Feige in there. Each now, every film they're releasing is getting that a billion dollars. Obviously, the first few didn't quite reach that. But uh, I think it was from about the beginning of phase three. Billion here, billion there. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. But you know what? It's not the, C it's not the CGI. It's not the branding. It's not the ad. It's the story. These and the characters. And the char they're telling good stories. They're not just getting people dressed up as superheroes and just embellishing it with CGI. They're actually telling good stories. And I'm just so happy about that. Because... Spider-Man was a good film. It was a great film. Is I think, f so far, it's one of the films of the summer. 100%. I agree. Okay, so, speaking of Marvel Studios, very soon we're going to get the digital and physical release of Avengers Endgame. Can't wait to watch that again at home. Uh, but in anticipation for that, Marvel Studios has released a emotional deleted scene from one of the few, one of the last scenes of Endgame. Mm. So it's just after Tony passed, and then we see this almost homage uh, of all the superheroes kneeling down to commemorate him. So what did you think of the deleted scene? I mean, they should have used Stan Lee. They should have found a way to use... You know, because Stan Lee, quote-unquote, has been playing the Watcher somehow. You, yeah, you, could, you, you could, could argue say, that, yeah. Yeah, you could say he's been playing that part. So they could have... This is just me, if I ruled the world, if I could do anything ever. They could have found a way to bring Stan Lee into the story because obviously he's been cameo they could bring him into the story then let him die then let the superheroes just do that that would have been such a good way to send stan lee off but obviously you know it couldn't happen but yeah that's what i would have loved to see i don't have a problem with that that's cool i like it it was you know it was emotional it was yeah it's a very emotional scene i can see why they took it out mm. in the terms of pacing of the movie do you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't want to make things too slow or drag out. Uh, I think in that scene in the movie, we got the idea. Do you know what I mean? So if that had stayed on, I can imagine it would have slowed down the pace. On the other side, I do like the scene, mm. if you know what I mean. Like I like the scene, and maybe if if I had a choice of like maybe adding all the deleted scenes and watching it just at home, I would be happy with that in the sense. And it was almost reminiscent of me of the ending of the Return of the King in Lord of the Rings, mm. 
uh, where one of the final scenes where they all kneel down to the four hobbits. Yeah. I saw it was quite an because Endgame had that sort of feel of this epic conclusion like the Return of the King. So it was quite a, nice to see a nod like that. Yeah. I mean, it helps that they showed us the completed version. Imagine if they had shown us with bad CGI. We wouldn't be this happy about it. No, like that... Um, there was a when I went to go see the re-release of Endgame. Mm. Uh, what, there was a deleted scene in there that they showed as well with the Hulk, and it had bad CGI because it wasn't it wasn't finished. Incomplete, scene. not it was bad. An yeah, not yeah. It's not bad CGI. It was unfinished. Yes. Yeah, and it it throws you out. Yeah, of watching the scene. It really does. Yeah, I saw another one, a deleted scene of when Rock. I don't know if it was in the film when Rocket and Thor went to Asgard. Oh yeah, there yeah, was, from Infinity War. Yeah. yeah, there was one deleted scene, but Rocket was still two-dimensional he was there but it was two-dimensional i think i've seen you've it, seen yeah. that that yeah. didn't look the lines were nice it was funny what they were saying but it just didn't look right no cool because it's not finished it's not finished yeah whenever you don't see it it just takes you away from it so i'm happy that scene we're talking about looks completed and everything which is cool this is cool cool so speaking of sony venom 2 it's as we we've confirmed before it's underway it's happening uh, and they're in eyes and talking with Andy Serkis, Travis Knight, and Rupert Wyatt to possibly direct Venom 2. Now, you hear these names. What do you think about the possibility of any of these names directing Venom 2? So, the names you mentioned, Andy, Travis, and Rupert, are they for director or the first two names are actors, then the director is going to be... No, all three names are in talks to direct. Okay. Well... To be honest, I, I can't say. I wish I what I wanted to see was the writer, because what the Venom problem is the story. It was poorly. It's a poor story. So what we're saying about Batman, it's the story. It's not the CGI. It's not the. It's not. It's even not the direction. It's the story itself. The lines yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, you know. So that's where the problem with Venom is. So bringing Andy Serkis, as cool as he is, it's not going to change if you don't give him a good story. So. I'd love to see who they've lined up to write it. That's the yeah, question. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think they might have confirmed that. I'm not too sure. I'll have to look that up. In terms of directors, though, I wouldn't choose if I had, like if it was just these three, right? If I could make the choice, I would probably go for Andy Serkis, uh, just because I do. I saw Mowgli, and I think he can. He's got a nice, good eye as being a director, uh, and also pushing technology in that sense. And the other name is Rupert Wyatt, who did uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm. the first one in the reboot trilogy, which I think all three of those films are awesome. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, so I think he's also a possible contender. Travis Knight, you know, he did Bumblebee. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was okay. Mm. It's better than definitely the Transformers movies, but yeah, I would say put him at the bottom of my list personally. But where are they getting... These are directors that, have, that make films for kids why are they getting them to do a venom 2 well venom is pg-13 yeah but venom you know venom you know him right yes it's yeah. meant to be an r-rated character yeah but so i mean i mean well yeah with travis knight I, I completely get what you mean um with rupert wyatt though even though rise of the planet of the apes was pg-13 it was still a very mature dark story in some sense so it, it, i think it can be done mm. but like you said it's all about who's writing the scripts that um, yeah that was the problem the first one it, the direction wasn't bad it didn't look bad it wasn't it? it wasn't bad it wasn't great it wasn't great but it wasn't bad but the story was just all of and the acting as well i, I apart from tom hardy 
I thought everyone else. And I was really surprised with um, what's her name? Yeah, I know who you're the bad guy. Yeah. No, not the bad. Yeah, he, he. I was mostly disappointed with him, but uh, Michelle Williams. I love her as an actress, and I thought she phoned it in in this movie. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm going to go see it. I probably will go see it because they've confirmed Carnage is going to be the villain. Mm. Woody Harrelson is Carnage. Woody Harrelson. Oh, okay. Didn't see that, but okay. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson's going to be Carnage. Okay, that's that's interesting yeah, that's, to me. Yeah, that's new. I'd that's... like to see the him facing off against Tom Hardy. That'd be cool. But give me just give me a good story. Simple as that. Exactly. Okay, so the next bit of news, uh, we were talking about Andy Serkis and Gollum. Lord of the Rings on Amazon Prime. And they released this little video, uh, which is basically just a typewriter and introducing the whole crew behind this new series of Lord of the Rings. The creative crew. The creative crew, not the cast, the creative crew. So executive producers, writers, uh, visual effects, costume designers, all those things. I love this video mainly because uh, we were talking about it after we watched the video that it's these people that make all these films and TV shows happen and you don't hear about them as much. But these are arguably the most important people yeah. behind the shows and, t- and films. Yeah, more, even more important than the actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's these people who cast the actors because they think, well, they think they know what should be right for that role and, and everything else. and. All the names that we saw, they've done some fabulous work. I mean, we saw game of people from Game of Thrones and Star Wars and Avengers and uh, Westworlds, uh, Leftovers. All these fantastic properties are all coming to do this Lord of the Rings thing. And what I did like, they brought a Tolkien scholar to come to, you know, so this, a guy who knows Tolkien, mm-hmm. knows the history, knows the legacy of all his work. Because that, that guy I've seen in the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings movies. He also consulted with Peter Jackson. So the fact they're bringing him on board, I have good faith in this. I have very good faith. This this cannot flop. Oh no, this it, can't. It, it, it cannot, it's... This is a, the Amazon Prime have invested $1 billion into the Tolkien estate. <laughs> this is, this is their highest, you know, they have never pumped this much money into a property. Wow. And all because of Game of Thrones. Anyway, just uh, because obviously he raised the, he, the Game of Thrones raised the bar. Yeah, but this 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 cannot fail. They've got the best of the best working on this. Literally, literally the best of the best. Like w- there is no franchise that there is no franchise that isn't involved in this. That there is nobody that hasn't worked in a known successful franchise that isn't involved in this particular show. It's coming from a very... The source material is rich. It's even richer than Game of Thrones. The source material, it's got the best people. And this video, no, that video was so refreshing. And I like it because I've always said that the filmmakers, those behind the cameras, the producers, the directors, we get to hear a bit about directors and producers, but the cinematographers, the gaffers, the writers, we don't hear about these people. And just seeing a video that celebrates these people. I really liked it. And I actually want, I would love to see this happen more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When they announce a film, don't just tell us who the actors are, you know, tell us who the writers are directed because those people deserve, if not more credit than, um, than the people that act the films. So you saw what happened last year in the Oscars where they actually wanted to announce 
cinematographer. They wanted to give yeah, they wanted to stop the like not um, show it. Yeah, they wanted to show it during the ad break. Yeah. The cinematographer, but it's things. It's because there is nothing like this. That's why those things happen. Because half the people, us, we know. Half the people out there, if you ask them, what does this cinematographer do? They like they won't have a clue. Like it's very transcendent. Like when I'm at work, sometimes if I mention a director or a cinematographer, for example, if I'm talking to somebody. They won't know who this person is. Yeah, they'll know what the movie or t- or TV show is, but they don't know what, who's that. Like, and and like and then like, how could you say it? this is this is the person that's responsible? Yeah, and I'm telling my friends about a film director, and I'm telling them, "Whoa, who directed it?" And I'm like, I get excited about the director, and they're like, "Why are you excited about the director?" I'm like, "Dude, everything you see is the director. Every single thing you see, it's him. You know, and you know, see so a lot of people don't know." what happens behind the scenes. So when they are celebrated, I think it's a step in the right direction. A hundred percent. I want, like you said, I want to see more of this, more of uh, celebrating the people behind the camera. Yeah, imagine if Marvel did it. Oh, yeah, you know, that would have been so cool. Uh, on a final note related to the video though, I like the fact that at certain points when they were like, you know, flickering through the pages of like the work, they highlighted the second age and they highlighted the island of Numenor. Okay. So, for me, being a Tolkien fan, that pretty much confirms that's what they're doing. So, I, I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but uh, the, from what we know, the ages of Middle-earth, there's four. You okay. know, we have the first age, second age, third age, and fourth age. Uh, the main story of the Lord of the Rings takes place in the third age. So, I think they were going to the second age okay. and exploring the ancestors uh, of Aragorn and the kings of Numenor and all that stuff. Okay, the second age, right. Yes. And how many ages has there been? Uh, so there's four that we know of. Okay, okay. well, he's dead, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tolkien is dead, The so. thing is, I reckon in his head he probably had, had so yeah, many more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so they're going to explore the second age. I think so, yeah. I think, it's pr- I think we've heard rumblings that that's what they're going to be doing, but watching that video, for me, anyway, I'm like, that's as a good confirmation as any. So let me ask, coming from somebody who is not, I watch the films, I have a high level understanding of what it is, but I don't, I don't know half as much as I know of Lord of the Rings as I know of Game of Thrones, not even a quarter. So of this second age, what is the main, what's, can you tell me or us something to expect from the second age? Uh, yes, well, like, so you're going to see the great kingdom of Numenor, which is ba- so in the films Lord of the Rings a lot of the landmarks you see like Minas Tirith uh, even so- all the evil places like Mordor mm. that was once part of the Numenorean Empire they okay. controlled a vast area of Middle Earth and they they were men you know okay. so the ancestors of Gondor and yep. things like that mm. so you're going to get a lot of the, I think the mythology and culture of that um, on the evil side you're, I think we're going to get Morgoth who is uh, a fallen angel, almost like a a Lucifer type of thing. Mm. He was one of the gods and he fell into evil. Uh, And he has an apprentice who eventually becomes Sauron. Okay. Oh, that's Sauron's master. Yes. Oh, that's deep. He is more powerful than Sauron ever could be. He's very powerful. Yes. Because he is an actual god. Oh. And he's the villain of... The, he's definitely going to be the villain. Yes. If yeah. they make it a villain story. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to go all sorts of places. And you know, you, uh, obviously, you're also going to get the culture of the elves. The elves are much earlier in their, in their you know, time. Mm-hmm. So they're going to 
look slightly different because what I love about the mythology of the elves is that they change as this, the ages go by. Okay. And this is going to be a classical good versus evil because that's how Tolkien writes, right? Yes. Yeah, I think we're going to get that. But because of modern day storytelling now, I think we're going to get explore more deeper themes as well. So it's not just going to be the classical, there's the evil guy we need to defeat. There's more, it's sort of like, I keep coming back to Game of Thrones. It's not a good versus evil. Yeah, I think we're going to explore. I think it won't be as grey as Game of Thrones, uh, but I think we'll get a bit more grey than the movies, for example. Okay. Is there any character you're looking forward to seeing? Um, not a particular... Maybe... Maybe Isildur okay. in his younger days, or Elenthia. So these are the people who... Isildur, no, Isildur would probably be too young, but Isildur was the one who cut off the the ring of sauron oh, okay that so oh, they yeah. showed him in the so maybe elendia which is his father maybe who knows who okay knows? We'll will there be easter eggs and calls I, by? I think so yeah they were obviously because it's before the Lord of rings it will be more leading up like ooh, that's mm. there maybe you might see a, a building or something that was some was part of the numenorean empire eventually becomes uh, like kirith ongol or something like that wow this is the, i think this is gonna be you know what um, Game of Thrones was to HBO. This is probably going to be what this is Amazon, Amazon Prime's Game of Thrones. This is what everybody's going to be getting Amazon mm -hmm. Prime for. Exactly. You know, so and the so fact cool. that you, just the name Lord of the Rings is going to bring loads of people into it. <sighs> loads, loads of people that don't have it today. Because I can't imagine any nerd, Lord of the Rings nerd, who will pass on watching this. And oh no, and this is going to be good. I'm, we we should keep an eye on this. Oh, one hundred percent. The last thing before we finish on this, please don't mess it up. Like, <laughs> just, just, please, like you've got the names, you've got the money, just don't mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but one billion, dude. One that, billion. They want to make that money, so they start cutting it's corners. Big investment. Yeah, I just hope they just because you should, they want to start. Then they'll start cutting corners in order to sell i don't know it's a long it's a long story but we'll see how it we'll goes. see it's still early i think we're in like we saw in the video they're in pre-production now so we'll see what happens yeah. and that is it for the news so like we said it is a packed show today for all the news that we've got going on uh, so now we go into our next segment of the show which is the trailer park they've done studies you know 60 percent of the time it works every time that doesn't make sense. ND. Yes. As well as a lot of news, we've got uh, quite a few trailers a to few, go through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like we always say, the links to all these trailers will be put online. So, guys, you can watch the trailers and see what we're talking about. Yeah, if you haven't seen these trailers already. So, the first trailer we're going to go for is Catherine the Great. And this stars Helen Mirren. And it is for a limited series coming out on HBO or Sky if you're from the UK. No official date on this yet, but it will be coming out in the autumn later this year. I don't know about you. I really, really like this trailer. First of all, you've got Helen Mirren. What a fantastic actress. One of the greats of our time. Yes. Uh, and I am a sucker for period pieces. You know, I love Vikings and th that sort of thing. You take a bit of uh, British history. Uh, a character like Catherine the Great mm -hmm. with Helen Mirren playing her, I think we're in for a real treat. 
and the fact that it's it's a HBO level type of series, mm -hmm. this is going to be good. Yeah, it actually looks a bit like Game of Thrones. Yes, it has a very similar aesthetic. Yeah, the look, of, especially the interior scenes, not the exterior, the interior scenes. It looks very. Game I would of be interested to find out if anyone from Game of Thrones is working on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm almost certain that probably some cinematographers, some of the the cinematographer has worked on some episodes, especially the interior shots. But I, everything you said is spot on. Helen Helen Mirren is. I mean, she's on that level of Judy Dench, Helen Mirren, and um, just, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. They're on that level where when they come in, everybody gives them a standing ovation. They are on that level. Very powerful actresses. Very powerful British um, women, you know. And this is a great story. Who doesn't know Catherine? Um, Catherine the Great and um, HBO. They're very good with period pieces. Put all, And they're just coming off the back of the most successful show ever made. So they are on fire so they've already shot it it's already we're just waiting for the date this is looks like it's going to be good i'll be watching this the day it comes out yeah definitely uh, what i also really like is that they said it's going to be a limited series so it's probably going to be one series that's it and done and this is what i've been saying for ages like tv shows now they are just really long movies this is a perfect example for that i guarantee you a a studio would have probably tried to do this and make cram it everything into two hours. And HBO were like, no, let's do the story properly yep. and tell it over six or eight or ten episodes, one and done. That's the story. Yeah, but it's a ten-hour movie. Yeah, like, are they saying when I watch so, so a HBO limited series? Are they saying HBO's limited series or HBO limited? So series? no, this this is a HBO limited series, not HBO limited yeah. series. Yeah, you know, one comma could have solved all of this, but hey, anyway. Okay. But yeah, it's a limited series. Are you are you happy about that? Oh, one trillion percent, one trillion percent. If it wasn't, if I mean Helen Mirren, if it was anybody but Helen Mirren, those three ladies I called, I would have been like, how I wish it was Helen Mirren or Judy Dench or you know, I would have said that. But that she's here, it's great. It's great. This is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. This is definitely one for the Emmys, I think. So keep an eye out on that, folks. Uh, and the next trailer we have is for a film called Harriet. Mm. And it basically looks to explore the story of a freedom fighter known as Harriet Tubman. Mm. This is, it looks like it says it's based on a true story. Oh, it's, do you not know this lady? Uh, I've heard things about it, but I don't know the full story. Mm -hmm. uh, but judging from this trailer, it looks like a very warm heartfelt and emotional story me i really like this trailer uh i personally feel when because it, it's coming out november 1st that is what we call oscar season i think this for me anyway this smells like it has a oscar potential it reminds me a little bit of 12 years a slave i don't think it'll be quite as good as 12 years a slave because that movie was was phenomenal that was something else mm -hmm. but i think it's It'll have it'll be worthy enough to maybe meet that sort of caliber, and the performances for me look really good. No, this film has Oscar written all over it, or like from top to bottom, it has Oscar written all over it. Like I don't know if you know, there was a big controversy recently in America. This lady was supposed to be on uh, on in the cover of the hundred dollar bill, mm -hmm. but that um, Trump said no, so it's so. Yeah, so it's a very big, very relevant, and especially um, next when Oscar is coming up next, it's going to be the U.S. election season. 
So the whole, th- it's all strategic, strategic timing. It all comes together to make for a very big middle finger to Trump. Yeah, we're going to give an Oscar to the film, to the lady that you didn't want to be on the dollar bill. So it's got Oscar written all over, all over it. I, but it's a very, um, it's a very powerful story. I'm so happy. So one of the things that um, I'm seeing happening in the movie industry, which I'm really impressed about, is the fact that we are beginning to celebrate some people that should be, in my opinion, should have always been celebrated. So now they're making films about scientists, you know, like um um. What, the current war you know them you know the film about going to space and now they're making a film about this lady you know these are people that we young people should know about and anything that's not in a movie or on social media these days young people will not know about it so i'm just happy that this lady's story is being told and it does look like it was well crafted i have a few concerns i mean from the trailer you know, I have a full concern. I'm not 100% convinced about the performances. I don't think they're as power they are as powerful as they could be. But of course, I haven't seen the film yet, so I do not know. But it doesn't strike me as we we will get best actor or best. I don't think we're gonna get best actor or best actress from this. Probably get best supporting, but. From what I could see, I'm not too optimistic about the chances of them winning that. They may win best... I think they'll win best picture. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about the best actor. I don't think the performances were that powerful. But the story is spot on. And I'm very happy that this woman gets... She gets... In this particular time where the world is right now, with... You know what's happening in the world with Trump and Brexit? And these are the big ones. But every country all around the world, there is a rise of far right and nationalism and um this story sort of is the opposite of that of how some of these people fought it back in the day so i'm just happy that this is coming out yeah i have to slightly disagree with you about performances i actually did get a lot from especially the lead actress which her name is cynthia irivo yeah uh she looked great in that i have to be honest uh, there's a couple of moments in the trailer which i thought ooh. Damn, I think I think she has a she's definitely a potential for best actress. I don't know about anyone else, but her particularly, I think she should be nominated. Uh, yeah, I think I think even a nomination is good enough at times. Do you know what I mean? Because it's the Oscars. It is. To, just to be nominated is an honor for anyone. Yeah. So I think she's got a good chance of getting a, no- a nominee there. Uh, definitely best picture. I think it's definitely going to get nominated although we have sometimes seen like obviously in trailers and these films that think oscar nom- not oscar type of film and then you watch and you're like uh, no but did, were did they trying too hard to be an oscar type of film you know do you know what i mean yeah but do you know the backlash the academy will receive if this film doesn't win an oscar <laughs> do you know what people will at say? the end of the day Regardless of your political stance and all of that, if a, a film should only get the award if it's good. Well, you know, you, you can't. Bring, I agree with you, you but I'm telling it, you. It's a very tricky thing to bring politics into film, into art. But it's the world we live in. Yes, but we need to detach politics no, I'm from not, art. We should. Yeah. I agree with that. But I'm telling you, based on how you know the world works, if this film, and I'm not saying it should be, I'm just telling you what will happen. If this film doesn't make is not isn't mentioned in the oscars 
the academy will receive a lot of backlash imagine if imagine if this film just think about it right imagine if this film is not mentioned then first man although first man is from but then first man wins an oscar did you can you imagine the social media outrage and what people are going to be saying i know it's not ideal and it's not right but we have to call it out we have to yeah they like we've always said they will always be haters they will always be you can't please everyone basically okay so the next trailer we have is for Jojo Rabbit, and this is the next movie from Taika Waititi, and of course it is very satire, and it is very Taika Waititi, and I'm in love with this movie already, Andy. It's very, very small trailer, I think it was about a minute long. I love the music behind it, it's got this sort of 80s kind of music flavor, because but that is Taika all over. And that end scene where Taika's, you know, He's playing the role of Hitler. It's just, I just love it, man. Anything this guy is doing now, starring, directing, producing, writing, whatever, I am there. He's arguably my favorite filmmaker at the moment, so you slap his name on anything and I will be there. Mm. But what did you think of the trailer? Well, you know, it's funny. We just I, it's, it's a fun trailer, especially like that last scene that had uh, comedy Hitler saying what he was saying. <clears throat> but it goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, politics and film. This is a fun film. It was made with no pun intended, without... It's a satire. It's a satire. They were not trying to insult or abuse or glorify anybody or any idea. It was just... It's just what it is. But I can I can assure you this film is going to get some political backlash. Yeah, it will. This will get some political backlash. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uncalled for, but it is what it is. And you can't just... You can't... You can't tell people that their anger is wrong. No. You know, so no, it I, is what I, it is. I completely agree with that. But at the same time, like I've always been a big supporter of art sh Art should be free of, of po political, religious, or any sort of uh, thematic ideas like that. Art should be a, re a place to express yourself in any way you see fit. Now, the thing is, this is, it wouldn't be the first time that this sort of thing gets backlash. We've seen it in plenty of other movies, music, you know, throughout history. Well, oh, it's never going to go away. But I appreciate that directors like Taika Waititi are almost like, F you, I'm going to make this movie because I want to make this movie and I want to poke fun. So all the better to them, I think. Yeah, I mean, people will, I told you, I, do, I, I, don't, I don't watch Lucifer, even though you told me it's a good story. I don't watch it because of my religious beliefs I, I just don't want to watch it and and that's fine it will always happen but are you gonna go see jojo rabbit um i i hardly go to watch comedies in the theater to be honest so i'm not sure yet i don't know yet i could go because of you because i know you're a big watiti fan and you know if you like it i will go but without that i don't know if i'm gonna see okay it. that's fair enough uh for anyone who does want to go see it it comes out october 18th Okay, so the next trailer we have is for a new a new film for Netflix, and it's called Woo Assassins. I don't know about you. You have mixed feelings on this, don't you? I'm. I really like this. I can I really like it. I don't. Going into the trailer, I was kind of thinking, is this going to be a bit too much for me? But as the trailer on, went on, I was like, no, I dig this. I dig uh, this. I liked the story. You know, I liked. Sorry, I liked the story. It made sense. The one thousand monks. I like that thing about when he looks in the mirror. He sees his inner. He sees the spirit instead of seeing himself. 
I liked all of that. I just it looked very it looked very super operaish in my opinion. It looks very super. What I, what my interpretation of super opera is when you get extremely good looking people who will not, if in re, in the real world they wouldn't look like this, doing some things that in the real world somebody like this wouldn't be doing something like this. It just I, it just looks very super opera to me. I'm gonna fight you on that one because I don't think they're trying to make this film grounded. Mm. I think it's almost, it's got, for me, this has got, uh, this is what Iron Fist should have been like. You know, the because I think it's, you can see a comparison with like, he's got the power of the Thousand Monks, he's got the power of the Immortal Iron Fist. It's yes. a power that gets passed on to you. Do you know what I mean? So I love that aspect of it. And it's also got a bit of John Wick flavor. It's got a bit of Fast and Furious flavor in the sense of like, they're not trying to be serious. They're not taking themselves seriously. They're going to have fun with this, with outrageous action and, you know, kung fu and stuff like that. And you've also got the choreographers from The Raid and the actors from The Raid on this movie as well. So without a doubt, I think we're going to get some really good action. I do really think we're going to get some serious action scenes. Mm. Um, in this, maybe, I think this will be style over substance though. I think it's, yeah. I think it's got that type of, yeah. Uh, flavor to it mm. but that's fine I'm going to go into that movie knowing that in a way and I'm just going to enjoy it for the spectacle mm, okay well I mean you know it's the same question the question we always ask is um, intent versus execution if this was the intent and that was what they executed then uh, fine that's 100% mm. but if they intended it to be Iron Fist and this is what they did then they messed up no I completely agree with it now from the trailer, I think this is the intent. However, if I start watching the film and realize that the tone is different and they're trying to be serious, then I might go, <laughs> okay, maybe uh, you're, you're trying too hard and it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. But I think they're going in with the intent of let's make this a fun, crazy movie. Oh, if that's it, then, you know, then it's fine. Yeah, like, it's a, fine. like the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, exactly. Intent versus execution. That's it. You know. Cool. Uh, so that's going to be coming out on August 8th. So that's next week on Netflix. Uh, so the next trailer we have is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This is the next horror movie by Del Toro, although he is not directing it. He is just a producer, and I believe he helped in the co-writing. But it's based off the series of books. Andy, what did you think of this trailer? Um, to me, it belongs to the same category as it, monster horror films they don't appeal to me so it's kind of just because of that i'm not saying it's bad but monster horror doesn't appeal to me the type that does is the diabolical one so this is not this doesn't make me scared so i don't have much of an opinion on this because it's not my kind of thing what about you? yeah no i really like it uh you know me i'm a sucker for monsters i like to see horrific gruesome things that go bump in the night i love that all that stuff uh, partly because it comes from my history of loving comic books, yes. you know, it, you know. Uh, and the fact that it's Del Toro as well, even though this okay, because he has had some misses in terms of you know good films. Yeah. But one thing you can guarantee, the film's going to look gorgeous. Exactly. You know, me, uh, his uh, aesthetic of horror, I love. It's almost, it's like it's legendary. It's on par with like John Carpenter and things like that. You know, you can't talk about horror horror now without mentioning Del Toro, yeah. I think. He's one of the staples. So in that regards, I'm looking forward to it because it is a Del Toro horror movie. 
uh, and he has had some really good movies. I mean, look at The Shape of Water. It won an Academy Award. Come on. Yeah, I mean, Del Toro is... He's, he's a he's phenomenal filmmaker. Competent, yeah. So I have faith in that. Uh, the trailer itself, meh. It's, it's, a tr it's okay. It's just, you know, it, a very bland horror trailer, you know, designed with the jump scares and stuff like that. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna go into the movie thinking this is a Del Toro movie, which is cool. I mean, to me, it's and I could, this is I could me. be disappointed. Yeah, you I, know mean, what I mean, if if you love horror movies, I don't think you will be. I don't think you will be disappointed when you go watch it because you love this kind of you love monster movies. I think you will be the, the monster looks. I mean, quote unquote, scary. The story looks. The premise of the story looks like it's built for jump scares. You know, so there will be a lot of that. So I think you will enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes jump scares can get a bit boring. But at the same time, I, I do love a good jump. I love the adrenaline pumping and then being, ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I love going to the horror movies in cinemas, especially for that feeling. Mm. Sometimes not so much for the film, just to get that that rush. Do you know what I mean? Because I love that feeling. That's one of the main reasons why I love watching horror. Mm. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's what it is. You like it, you like it. Exactly. Some people don't. It might not be for some people, exactly. such as yourself. Exactly. It's not, yeah. Cool. Uh, so that's going to be coming out on August 9th. So the next trailer we have is called The Goldfinch. And again, I think this one's got Oscar written all over it. It smells of Oscar. It tastes of Oscar. Uh, I really like, from what I've seen in the trailer, I really like the performances. Mm. Great cast. Uh, Ansel Eggort from Baby Driver, Nicole Kidman. Um, who else was in there? There was, there was a few big names in there. So it looks really good. I'm not too sure what the premise is yet. Exactly. That was my problem. I didn't know what I was watching. It was just a couple of ominous scenes put together with voice laid over it. I didn't know. Obviously, there is something about, yeah, there is a bit of tragedy and what happened during that tragedy and how people are coming to terms with it. You can get that a bit of the premise of the film. But there is, you don't know who is who. You don't know. It looks like a young boy when he grows up. You see the old. Yeah, I think this movie is going to play with time. Yeah. Because you, because most of the time you see like a flashback yeah. of like what happened and then that's it. But judging from the trailer, it looks like they're going to be going back and forth quite often throughout because the kid and the grown up version, they, they appear a lot in the trailer and in different scenes as well. So that's why I think they're going to be doing that. It's got something to do with that painting, doesn't it? That's that's pretty much the. It's got something to do with that painting. An incident happened at that museum, and the boy stole the painting. The boy, or or did he? Or maybe someone stole it and and then put it in his bag. We don't know. Mm -hmm. It looks interesting. Uh, like I said, what a trailer is meant to do is meant to not spoil anything, but intrigue you to go see the movie. It's done that for me. I'm interested to see what's this about. Mm. And like I said, it's great cast. So yeah, I think this movie—it's—it's it's okay. But I think this is this movie is one of those movies that you tell yourself, "I yeah, I'll go watch it," but it will just come and go under the radar. You wouldn't even yeah. know when it was there. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping, like I said, I think it's got Oscar potential. And I also, from the trailer, I think there's a twist in the movie. I think there's a big twist. These films always do have yeah. twists, yeah. And there's going to be something at the end that makes you rethink the whole movie. Like. Find out it was his mom that planted the bomb in the first place or, or, or something, or, or something or like that. Something like that, yeah. 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 Thing is, um, yeah, films like, you know, does that not happen to you where you see a trailer and you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to watch this. Then the movie comes out, goes through this 
it's trailer is theatrical release season and it just goes under the radar and you never watched it plenty of times yeah and you're like oh has it come out and you're like yeah and i'm like oh my god i didn't realize the reason i bring that up is this film you need to pay particular close attention to this film because it has a put potential to do that just come and just go and you will not yeah, you'll miss it. And it probably is, will be a good film. Who knows? Exactly. You know? Okay. So, yeah, I think that one smells Oscars. And that one's going to be released September 27th. So, again, it's that Oscar season, isn't it? Yeah. So, the next trailer is for The Fanatic. And this is a new John Travolta movie. I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, did you not hear of Gotti? Uh, I, I, yeah, well, yes. And then I decided not to watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Something like 0% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes yeah, or something. Like. Not, we shouldn't be laughing, but damn. No, because, you know, somebody worked hard on that film, but yeah. So I haven't seen it. I can't critique on it because I haven't seen it, but if it's got a score that low, wow. Okay, anyway, but John Travolta, he has proven in the past he can be a really good actor. Yes. And judging from this trailer, I really like the trailer. I like the premise of it. It's a obsessed fan. And I think it shows us what can happen if our fanatic obsession can get too far. Looks like at the beginning, it looks more like a almost thriller. By the end of the trailer, you almost think this has got a bit of horror in there as well. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you see him like obviously stalking him, and then he eventually is in his house wandering around. He's asleep, and he's sitting next to him. It looks very creepy. And it look it does look like a very good performance from John Travolta. What, what did you think? I mean, John Travolta is a better actor than he is a director, I think, because of Gotti and all of that. But yeah, I agree with you. The performances were spot on. He did look good. At first, I didn't even know he was the one. It was later, I was like, wait, is this not John Travolta? Because when I got the lists for the show today, I only clicked on the links. I didn't look at the text. Yeah, so I just clicked on it. And I was like, is that not John Travolta? Then I realized he was the one. So his performance was that good that I couldn't recognize him, which is always a good sign. But And and I think this film is not, it's sort of like, it's not a reboot or it's not a continuation, but I think it takes reference from a film that came out in the 80s called Boxing Helena. It's about the same thing, but the, I think in that film in the 80s, the star in question was a woman and the obsessed fan was a neurosurgeon. And whatever happened there happened. So I think this is pro drawing reference from that, I think. I'm not sure, but I think it's sort of the same thing. But like I was saying to you offline, I would have loved to see um, it's more relevant to how people follow stars today. So I would have loved it to be something maybe online because that's how people follow stars. In the 80s and early 90s, people followed stars physically. They would go to their houses, they would go to whatever show they were going to go to and put up the signs and do all of that. But with the internet, that's not how we follow fans anymore. We all do that on the internet. So I would have loved to see a fanatic movie one way or the other, but it's based around the internet and follower. Maybe instead of making it a football star or an auto, I think the guy in the film was an auto, make it a social media influencer. A, guy, a social media influencer has been trolled by one of his followers online. Mm -hmm. I think that would have brought it home better than what we have. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's relevant in the sense that we almost have more obsessed fans than ever now because of the internet and the freedom that we have to express our obsessions, you could say. 
uh, but it doesn't follow the online thing. It'd be interesting to find out if this movie does take place in like the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Then at that point, you can give it a pass. Yeah, true. But even if they do take place in the 80s or 90s, it's still relevant today in a thematic uh, sense on, like I said, we are more obsessed than ever now. You know, we're a culture of gimme, gimme, gimme. Now. Now, now. Now. Yeah, Everything's yeah. got to be now. Yeah. Uh, and I think this movie is going to explore the darker aspects of that and what happens if we take that too far. Mm. Well, I mean, we'll see, but um, yeah. This, th for me, I, I'm very interested in this movie. This one is one that I will make a point to, to go watch. see. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about it. You only to just said it now that it's this film may have been based in the 80s and then everything I said will just fall to the ground like a pack of cards. But yeah, it's it looks good. It looks good. I think I'll see this in the cinema as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not a DVD. This is this proper. Is, I mean, this is a cinema for me. Yeah, it's yeah. a cinema and film. And what I yeah. also like about it, it's got a very indie vibe to it. It's got. It looks very low budget. You know, it the highest expense was probably John's paycheck. John Travolta, yeah, yeah. Uh, but everything else, you know, it looks indie, mm -hmm. and I want to see more films like that with an actor like John Travolta. And I mean, why not? Yeah, I love those kind of films. No CGI, no big production, just few people could telling a good story. Yeah. Okay, so this one is going to be a big movie, unlike The Fanatic, and that is Gemini Man, and it is the new film from will smith where he's going to be facing a got against himself but only younger andy you have a lot to say about this don't you yep go ahead what do you have to say about gemini man um this is not going to be a good film it's not going to be a good film this cinematography looks crap you know it, I, you know i saw this film um, when it, we, they first started talking about it, they released a couple of clips and I saw those clips and I said to myself, okay, it looks bad now because it's pre-released. They just released it early. When the actual trailer comes out, it will probably look better. And I saw the trailer and I'm still not impressed. It doesn't look good. The CGI is poorly done. I know in the feature, right, they all went, oh, this whole new technique that gives us the ability to have a younger Will Smith. It wasn't convincing. I could tell it was CGI. And I could tell Will Smith, the old Will Smith, was Will Smith. So it wasn't this perfect technology that they've just developed to make this film. It's not. It's CGI. They've just used a new technique, but it doesn't make it look any better. And um, the film itself, the whole Gemini, they sent you to kill... I mean, we've done this before. I think it's. it looks like a poor man's looper. Yeah, exactly. We've done this before. This looper, uh, face-off, all that whole... Mm -hmm. we've My younger self. Yeah. You know, myself, one way or the other, I'm fighting. We've, we've done it before. Like, why would... Why would anyone... Like, what's... The only thing about this film is the fact that we have a young Will Smith. Simple. If it was a film with some B-class actor, nobody would watch it. You know, it's not... Will Smith starring as Will Smith. Exactly. Yeah, that's the selling point. And if you love Will Smith well twice. enough... Twice. <laughs> twice, yeah. <laughs> if you love Miss Smith so much and you want to see him, then you go watch this film. But in terms of a film of quality, there's, the action looked very dull. The action sequences were just very simple action sequences like he threw a bomb and he shot the bomb and yeah it looks like they're trying to be crazy but this is what we were going back for what we were saying earlier this is this looks silly 
and it's not the intent to be silly. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? They've tried to make something serious, what it looks like, and it hasn't worked, and it's outrageous, and it, it doesn't fit in tone of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It looks poorly done. I mean, I'm not, like, the best director out there, but I see some lens choices, and I'm like, really? They've gone wide for this type of shot, and it just doesn't look cinema it just looks very amateur bland yeah very bland in relation to in to the technology as well uh, i agree with you when they were talking about in the featurette about how this is revolutionary i'm like it's it's not though because it's already been done by marvel and um star wars and even better exactly so like you know the de-aging in um captain uh, marvel in captain marvel for nick fury yeah that was awesome like you, you thought it was a young Samuel yeah, Jackson. I thought it was makeup. I yeah. literally thought it was makeup. While with this, you can tell he's been CGI to make look younger. Yeah. So yeah, the technology's there, but it's still not on the level that Marvel Studios have got. Like I think maybe I'm gonna wait until the critics sort of review it and see what they say. They but, will kill this film. But unless it gets glowing reviews, for me, I think I'm gonna pass on this one. Man, they will destroy it. What? What? They will destroy this film. Yeah. Poor thank, Will. Yeah. Thank. I mean, thank God Will Smith is Will Smith. Will Smith can afford to do about five to six bad movies before we stop. Res- before we stop respecting him. Because he has such a long history, some people can the only. The thing do is, he like, he'll do like two or three bad movies, and then he'll do a good one, and then he, he resets. You know, so he's <laughs> yeah. one of those stars. Some people they do one bad movie, that's the end of their career. But some people, not Will Smith, he's too big for that. You know, but not happy about this film. No, so I'll be missing that one out. But if you guys want to go see it, you can check that one out October eleventh. Okay, so the final trailer of our trailer park is Zombieland Double Tap. And this is the sequel to the amazing Zombieland. And it's, it's got everything that I loved about the first one, but times 10. Yes. That's, this, what, that's what this movie is. Yes. I loved the first Zombieland because when it came out, uh, it was a completely new take on the zombie genre. Uh, they added comedy to zombies, which I loved. And fantastic performances by Woody Harrison, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone. I mean, just the names. Bill Murray was in the first one as yeah, well, which yeah. was so funny <laughs> yeah. to see him as a zombie. But, and the action in this one is just times 10. Yeah. I can't wait for this. This looks so much fun. It's a great film. I can't wait too. Like, I think the first time I saw it online, I sent you a message. like, yo, you need to check this out. It's such, it's fun. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a comedy about zombies. It's really funny. And they, this time around, they went to the White House, so I can understand there will be a lot of don- jokes about the current politics. And it's just fun. It's, it's what, you know, this same topic we're having about intent versus execution. They intended it to be what it is, and that's what it is. It's very on the nose, very doesn't take itself seriously, over the top, like, you know, yeah, it's going to be a good film. Definitely going to see this in the cinema. Oh, 100%. Because it comes out October 18th. It comes, you know, in that horror season around Halloween. So, again, this is a good contrast to if you see a serious horror movie, then you you maybe want to see something lighter the next week. Zombieland 2 is there for you. Yeah. I mean, Zombieland is one of the only... one of the few comedies, Zombieland, the first one, was one of the few comedies I've seen in cinemas. You know, I don't... Yeah, you don't see many comedies comedies in the cinema now. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same, but this will be one that I definitely yeah, have to definitely see. Definitely. 100%. A great movie. I think of all the films. Okay, well, 
I was just about to say, of all the films we've reviewed, I think this would be the best, but nah. It's definitely one of the best trailers. Trailers, As yes. a trailer, because it was so fast-paced and, and fun and energetic. Yeah, but as a film, okay, of, uh, because we still have a few more minutes. Yeah. As a film, I think the best film from all the ones we've listed will be Catherine the Great. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the series. I, yeah, I think that would be really good. And that would be followed by... That would be followed by um, the Harriet. Harriet. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say that. I would agree with you there. Um, I'd say my most an- my most anticipated is definitely Jojo Rabbit. That's what that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. But in terms of what I think will be the best, it's it's Catherine the Great. Yeah. I think that's going to be the best, if you know what I mean. Damn that cast. That's it's, it's just going to be great. Helen Mirren playing Catherine the Great. What more in this world? What more can this planet offer? that you can ask for apart from this Helen Mirren to there's, there's nothing else there's nothing else what more, what more do you want from life nothing nothing no? so. okay <laughs> uh, so that is it our stay at the trailer park has finished and so finally we're going to tell you what's coming for you guys you could ask yourself a question do I feel lucky well do you punk Andy Huge movie coming out this week, one that we've talked about endlessly on the show and we're so excited to see, and that is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and and Shaw. Man, I can't wait for this movie. This is going to be action-packed. It's going to be funny as hell. Jason Statham, The Rock, Idris Idris Elba, Elba. he's black Superman. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be so much fun, and this basically seems to be the theme of today's show. The intense versus execution. execution. Yeah, they are going for this wild ride, just like all the other Fast and Furious movies, over the top action stuff that you think, how is that even possible? Like, does that obey the laws of physics? No, it doesn't. But it's so much fun. It's it, this is what I call a popcorn movie. Yes. You go to the cinema with your big drink and your big popcorn, and you have fun in a summer blockbuster. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, M- summer blockbusters doesn't get more summer blockbustier than this. This is a summer blockbuster. And it's the names fun. as well. I just want to see Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see Idris Elba. Any scene that has... Because if you look at the trailer, any scene that has the three of them in it, Idris Elba, and the th- it's always funny. The chemistry is on point. I'd love to see what it was like on set. Probably get the DVD so I can see I that. bet they had so much fun. It looks like they had a lot of fun doing this movie. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching this movie as well. Yeah, I don't think... It's one of those films where... I don't think the filmmakers were under pressure when they were making it. You know, there's some films, I think they give them some targets and be like, yo, this film needs to hit 500 million. You know, I think some films, they're like, just cool, I think this movie is still going to earn a lot of money, though. Oh, yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking, based on the one billion mark. I think one billion. We're going close. If it doesn't hit a billion, we're going very, very close to Very close. But I, I think it's going to do it. I think it's going to hit one billion. I think so, too. I really think so, too. This film has every the makings of... What bad thing is there about this look on Shaw Hobbs? That's what I mean. Like, you can go in, you know, thinking that this is a terrible movie, but you have to go in in a sense of, like, this is just a fun movie. Don't don't think too much about the plot and things like that. Yeah, you're going to have good character moments, because that, that's, I think that's almost the most important thing, is to have the good characters in these type of films, because the story's lacking. Mm-hmm. So if you get the charisma from the characters and a great action spectacle, I'm on board. Exactly. It's not a drama. Nope. It's definitely not a drama. It's not based on a true story. Nope. So it doesn't have to follow anything. 
It's just go in there and laugh and have fun and feel refreshed when you watched it. And um, yeah, that is it. So before we head off, that is the end of our show, our 25th episode, ND. Yay. Can't, can't believe it. We're already at 25. So that was it. So before we finish off, ND, where can the lovely people find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Unduaj, which is at N-D-U-A-J. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. And you can find us, Film 7 Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and all major streaming sites, as well as social media sites as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next week, guys, see you later. Bye.